Welcome to the Fearless Mums Club podcast. I'm Christine Drummond, your host, and this week we have episode four with Chris Vidal. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Fearless Mums Club podcast. I'm Christine Drummond, your host, and I am so excited about today's guest. I actually think she's an older version of me, or a wiser version, I should say. We've actually got the same name. Her name is Christine as well, so she must be awesome. And we used to be neighbours, but I have moved about 16 hours away now. But today, I'm sitting here in the flesh with my gorgeous friend and neighbour, Chris, and she is um, just amazing. You are going to absolutely love everything about this woman and who she stands for and the value that she brings to you today. She has so many things going on in her life and she is someone that I really highly respect and admire and um, she's just got the most amazing heart, the most amazing spirit and if I'm half the woman that this lady is when I am in my vibrant 60s, then I will be a very happy person. So Chris, welcome to our podcast. I would absolutely love you to share with our listeners today a little bit about yourself and and your background. Thank you, Christine. I am just absolutely pinked that I'm here chatting with you today. Um, and I suppose as I start off, um, I am I consider myself the happiest twice divorced 63-year-old woman on the planet. I've had a hell of a life so far and I'm continuing to do so. I, I've loved my life, um, and just because plan A and plan B didn't work out, it doesn't mean that I haven't worked towards plan C and right the way down the alphabet. Um, I, you know, I, I've done so many things in my life, and maybe if a couple of things of them have gone wrong, it hasn't been, you know, it wouldn't have opened up opportunities to go and do other things. But I, um, I just, I, I equate life to a game of snakes and ladders. And for me, that goes from one to 100. And these slimy snakes just come and hit us at every stage of life. Um, and after we've braved ourselves through all of that, there goes another ladder. And we've got to be strong enough and we've got to be focused enough to climb that ladder to get us to the next rung in life. And it's, you're not told that when you're young. Um, you learn it as you go. But I'm now at a level in life and please just understand, I am just over the halfway mark, nowhere near, anywhere near the finish line. But there's, there's a contentment and I do survey, um, you know, different age groups of us women. Um, I have the most beautiful daughter and the most awesome son who are my best friends. Um, and it is just a pleasure to, to live life to its fullest. I absolutely love that, honey. And, um, I know our listeners are going to resonate a lot, but I'd love you to sort of talk about some places in the world where you've lived because one of my favourite places is the Maldives, which we're going to next year. And you used to actually work there, didn't you? But you've lived in some amazing places. So can you share some of that with the listeners? Certainly, yes. I was born in Singapore and um, sent off to boarding school in Scotland for 10 years at the age of nine. My brother was seven. And I look back on that, in fact, as being a positive. I um, came back to live in Singapore, and since then I've worked in Indonesia. I've worked in Sri Lanka. And I was then sent off to the Maldives by a jewellery company in Sri Lanka. And 
I was I was involved with the most awesome responsibility of flying around the Maldives by seaplane or um, sailing it by by beautiful boats to restyle jewelry stores in the top resorts um, in these Maldives, and I just met the most amazing places, um, people. It was a one man show. I would sort of walk around with my new design, and as as women are good at, it was a clean up job. Um, I went into these, you know, fairly old, neglected jewellery stores in the most beautiful resorts and I cleaned them up. I also had time and um, did a lot of um, motivational uh, one-on-one with the shopkeepers. Some of them hadn't seen their families for a long, long time. And I left them with modern devices to connect with other people. So it was a feel-good thing. Came back to Australia um, after three years of being away and thought, what the heck am I going to do? So I became an Uber driver. And nice. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do this. Getting up at five o'clock in the morning, taking everyone to the airport, getting involved with life. And I made sure that I was the best Uber driver. I made people feel good. It was a bit of deep and meaningful. My car always looked fabulous, had good music. <laughs> and um, you know, when my friends asked me for a cup of coffee, off the app would go and I would go and have a coffee and then return to my job. But uh, yes, I've, I've had a few amazing opportunities. I love that. And um, yeah, I just hope that people are taking those opportunities that are presenting to them in life and saying yes, because you just never know where you're going to end up, the people you're going to meet, the places you're going to see. And I think in today's society, we're so caught up in the rat race we're in survival mode that we're missing out on the travel we're missing out on the experiences so i love that you did that um we are so suited to uber driving aren't we, you and <laughs> we I? Are. like we'd be we the are. best uber drivers we love a good um, conversation and meeting new people absolutely <laughs> um talk to me about what's the worst thing you feel like you've done as a mum? would you say mm. you've got any anything for us that's, that's a very good question and of course you know when you go into motherhood which i did a long time ago it's um it's a ride for the first time for mm-hmm. all of us, um, but I'll never forget the time when my son went to stay with his mates. For the first, I mean, he was little; he was four, and he was a bit homesick. And it was that situation where you know, do you leave him, or do you go and pick him up? Because and it's, I spent the most awful night on my own, going, oh, I should have gone, I should have gone. And I went and picked him up in the morning, and he said to me, he said, Mum, I was really homesick. And he said, You should have come and got me. He said, But Actually, I had a lot of fun, so it was just as well you didn't. But uh, that teasing of whether you do things right or whether you do things wrong, it is, you know, no book can tell you. And you are going to make mistakes. And, you know, you're there with with something that breathes and and thinks rather than some object. Um, And it's it's important that you just make yourself feel good about Mm -hmm. every situation. So, uh, yeah, that, that was one I remember. But um, I, I don't, um, I, I actually asked my daughter this the other day and, and she, she said, you didn't actually, we were just close. And I, I think that's where today's world is a hard one because, you know, there are so many opinions out there, um, so many books, so many you shoulds, you shouldn'ts, whether it comes from an institution or from grandparents or from young parents trying to do the right thing. It's, I think mothers are born with intuition and they get, to, they get to share that with their kids. And it's only that close one-on-one mm. that steers you the right direction. And you know, if you make a mistake, then you know that didn't work and you move on to something else. 
and I, I think that's precious to listen to listen to yourself. But um, no, I, probably if I if I concentrate and look back, I'm sure there's an awful lot more things. Uh, my daughter always said to me, "You never you never taught me how to cook," <laughs> and I didn't know how to cook. Um, but we were very fortunate; we were living in Asia at that stage. And we had some great people cook for us in a very spoilt atmosphere. But uh, if there's one thing, we all appreciate our food. That's for sure. Yeah, I love that. And you, you touched on something really important, um, and that's the making of mistakes. And you can't go through motherhood getting it perfect all the time. And I think the way that social media is set up these days, we're seeing a lot of highlight reels. We're seeing that, um, like, it looks like a lot of women out there have their shit together. And we know that in that background, they don't. Like, it's not the full story. So it's so important that, um, you know, you embrace those mistakes. You embrace them as lessons. You embrace them as opportunities for growth, you know, and to to learn from it. And also to be able to empower your kids and say, you know what, mummy probably got that wrong or I probably reacted overreacted or whatever but you own it and Mm. you learn from it and you move on Mm. and as the kids get older I'm sure we all make different mistakes at different levels as well but the important message is not to beat yourself up about it you know as I said on on previous podcasts you can't screw up your kids Mm. you know they're Mm. very resourceful what they're not getting from you they'll find it from Mm. someone else so um, I love how all that works so and I, I think kids are quite relieved when everything's not perfect mm. you know when mum or dad organize admits to that i mean not in a bad way but just in a gentle way of oops or mm-hmm. you know did this wrong or, oh gosh what did i do this for and yeah. you know share that with mm. your your daughter or your son a- absolutely precious yeah mm. and something that we do at dinner time not all the time but we talk about the things that we got wrong you know mm. um i know my daughter was coming home from school with a little bit of anxiety about a one minute maths test she had to do every single day and she wasn't getting 100 percent but when I asked her, you know, are you trying your best? And she said, yes, I am. I said, well, you can't do any more than your best. Mm-hmm. You know, you, this is going to compound. So your, your skills mm-hmm. are going to get better. You're going to get faster, you know, the more that you learn. And eventually you'll be hitting, you know, the, the 100%. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it's so important that we embrace the things that we do get wrong because then we're, t- we're you know, not setting them up for failure when mm-hmm. it comes along. They'll be able to handle it so much better. Mm, so true so true so um what do you love most about being a mum to be honest I think at this stage I have two best friends yep I I have a son and a daughter who through my world I mean I've been through two divorces and they they just they're there for you Mm -hmm. and they um believe in you and then as they grow up with you um, they understand, you know, they're always somebody, I mean, my, my, my son and my daughter are grown up and they live in different countries, they live in different continents. <laughs> and um, that's okay. I have my life, they have theirs. But as we've grown up, I think I am, I'm just, I put that down as one of my highest qualifications. Mm. Um, and I think mums, as, as the kids grow older, um, a whopping qualification is to let them go. Mm-hmm. So that has to be the hardest to say I've done a damn good job and they're two gorgeous people. I know that they are so competent mm. in, um, in, what they, in what they achieve at any level and mm. every level. And my pride in, in them both just bursts all the time. Mm. And I remember when they were little, you know, I, I am a primary school teacher, so I've always loved kids and I treasure just sitting down and having mm-hmm. that one-on-one 
um, it, it's just it's just a wonderful time. Mm. Um, and and my family's got a little bit bigger. This might be a little bit off cuff, but um, my daughter's partner has two kids from his first um, marriage, and they've known each other now for seven eight years, and they have just a gorgeous mm. relationship. And little Jack, when about five years ago, he came running up to me and he goes, "How come you're Chris when Dad's Chris?" And I said, "It's <laughs> a lot of Chris's around, isn't it?" Around, yeah. <laughs> and I said, "Well, I used to be Christine." I said, "And now people call me Chris." I said, "My friends call me Chris." And he ran off and he came back later and he goes, "So really, we should call you Lady Chris." And I just stood there gobsmacked, and there was this little boy who really I had no. Mm. Um, emotional contact mm -hmm. um, family contact with and he had decided that this is how we were going to bond yep. mm -hmm. and to this day you know mm -hmm. i love it when i'm sitting in a restaurant with them and they're coming lady quiz lady quiz <laughs> that's so cute and everybody just wonders who the heck they're talking to so the value of of kids and then other kids coming into your world it's uh, for me it's just such a treat yeah such a treat that's such a cute story yes. I love that mm -hmm. and um, it's so important I suppose as well that we don't crush that creativeness out of them and trying to fit them into a mold so right. you know so right absolutely agree all right well mm. what's one of the greatest lessons or piece of advice that someone's given you that's helped you in your role um, as a mum I, I sort of look back, um, I did have, I, I had lots of, because I was a, a school teacher, you go through that whole learning on mm -hmm. how to look after kids, but every day is a special day. Yep. Every day is a gift. And we were told that um, by even lecturers when we went into the classrooms, because when all the kids walk into a class, they're all different and they've all come from their own um, backgrounds and I remember when I had mine I just thought what a gift mm. every day was a special day and we sat and we had special moments before you know as we were tying our laces going to school mm. and Nixon Ryan would sit on sit in on the floor and giggle um, <laughs> maybe cry but it was that I, that's my memory mm. is is make that a special day and I think if busyness comes into mum's mm -hmm. world so much um and when I got to the end of the day if for any reason I had I thought it wasn't special enough you create it mm -hmm. so you have that special moment so that when you go to bed each night um and even if things haven't worked out you know if your kids sort of throw in a tantrum um or maybe a, um, a family member has created some some kind of rift or you see that you know they're not doing so well at school to just sit down and have that special moment. Mm. Um, it's 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 just it fixes things, it mends things, it, it adds value to your mm -hmm. day. It's special, and um, I I can't you know pass that on as being any more important than what it is. It's it's just those mm. special moments for that day. I love that, and we we sort of term it magic moments, and they're everywhere all throughout the day. But you did mention something that's happening is that we're so busy, we're so stressed that a lot of the time we're missing these opportunities, magic moments to create them, to remember them, to go, you know what, this is actually a really special time. And that one-on-one -on -one time, if you've got more multiple kids, the one-on-one -on -one time is crucial, you know, to, to be there, to be present in that moment with that one child one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. It just, it takes that level of love and connection to a whole new level. And, you know, we're always looking for opportunities in our household to 
you know, when can we have a daddy-daughter date day? You know, yeah, when can gorgeous. we have, you know, mum and son or mum and daughter mm-hmm. and, you know, where they get to choose. And sometimes it's in the house, sometimes it's out of the house, you know, but getting them involved and treating them as the unique, beautiful, individual person that they are and treating them as a person rather than, you know, um, you know, a bratty child. And the way that we talk to them as well is so important, you know, rather than we were just talking off off air before about, um, you know, the number of negative connotations that Mm. kids are receiving on a daily basis. I think you said it was something like 70 percent, 70 percent and children under the age of 10. Yeah, mm. 70% of the words they hear are mm. negative. Yeah. And when you think of that impact, and that's not just from mums or dads, it's from society, you know, it's teachers even, grandparents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, some of it's done as a protection. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't. And you hear that word a lot. So you've got to make an effort to make sure that that balances mm. And you throw a lot of positive words at them. Yeah, so no wonder kids are growing up being insecure and socially awkward or, um, um, you know, they're scared to make the wrong move because, you know, those first years of childhood are so crucial, but we're moulding them, you know. We're trying to fit them into an expected behaviour mould or an ex- like you know, you don't do this, don't do that. So something that I teach a lot of the mums that I coach with is, you know, looking for the opportunities throughout the day where you can compliment them, where you can go, you guys are playing really well together today, or you're sitting there so beautifully and alert. I can see you're listening really hard or, you know, just there's moments throughout your day where you can turn that statistic around and you can give 70% positive, you know, and the 30%. And I know a lot of it is protection and we don't want to see them get heard, but a scuffed knee here and there is not that bad. Just let them have the falls, let them have the grazes. It's okay. (laughs) So I love that. Character building. Absolutely. Awesome. So let's Mm. talk about embarrassing moments. Have you ever been embarrassed as a mum or have you ever embarrassed your kids, do you feel, along this journey? Very good question, that one. I um, probably as a general, I would would like to say no. Um, I have embarrassed been in an embarrassing situation one probably many years ago in a primary school and um i was my my kids i felt were being unfairly um treated in the school and i went straight to the headmistress and i went in very calm and collected had my thoughts together and then i just burst into hysterical tears (laughs) most i was doing that in a reaction to her reaction Mm -hmm. and the reason I'm telling that story is that I do believe that in this world today, especially within institutions, one needs to go in to the top with a personal story mm-hmm. because you become very impersonal and disconnected when you're mm-hmm. in an institution. Um, not so much the fault of the individual, but the pressure of what's there. Mm-hmm. And I was standing there so angry and it worked because I was told to sit down and actually, you know, I had time then and instead of a five minute little chat it ended up being just under an hour where we both understood we came down to the same level Mm -hmm. so I walked out of there embarrassed with myself but I did get what I needed Mm -hmm. um, which was basically an understanding of the unfair treatment and it was rectified Mm. Um, so that that was that was one probably what I would uh, contribute now is I am now a um, house mother uh, which I absolutely love and I work with, um, I work in a boarding house, um, all girls. This year I look after 13, 14 year olds. Last year it was 17, 18 year olds, you can imagine. 
different scene. <laughs> but this year, I've noticed um, society changes, and therefore we sometimes don't know who's going to come and pick up some of these girls. Mm-hmm. And we have to be very specific and very sure on a safety um, footing that we know who's picking them up. And there are times where I see these girls so embarrassed because either it's someone they don't know that well who parents have used as a substitute or that person is dressed so inappropriately that these girls just, you can see them cringing. Or the language is absolutely horrendous. And of course, in an institution, we love the fact that girls feel good about themselves Mm -hmm. and they don't have to use foul language. Um, and sometimes this outside influence comes in and I see these girls cringe. Mm. They're embarrassed. They're um, embarrassed about the behaviour because when you're in a cr- within a crowd of gorgeous young girls who are, you know, watching everybody, mm. you know, watching their behaviour, watching their reaction, seeing how they defend themselves... They like to know that they're doing it right. So when one person comes in, you know, left field and just destroys that um, self-confidence or Mm. self-assured person, oh, that can just destroy them. And and I do, I I Mm. do watch that a lot in society today. It's a very open society, Mm -hmm. which I agree with. I think it should be. But then people should respect that open society, in my view. Um, And it's it's just a you know I I have the best privilege of walking along the beach when I come home as you do sometimes when you get there <laughs> and it's but there again I you know I I watch the dad on the sand on his iPhone um you know shouting out to his two gorgeous little kids and then you know playing in the in the sea and I just want to come and take that off him and just go and mm-hmm. go and be physical go and be yep. gorgeous with with your two precious ones so embarrassment and just this um, unease mm-hmm. for young girls today is probably, um, you know, quite acute in, in their world. Mm. I mean, it's bad enough being embarrassed yourself mm. about yourself mm. as a young girl. And there's lots of, um, you know, um, older girls to look up to. Um, but to actually see it in family, mm. I, I think, is probably hurts more yes Mm -hmm. and I think your your first story there where you went into the um, principal's office like that's something that Brene Brown calls you know vulnerability and showing your vulnerability and it is one of your greatest strengths Mm -hmm. I think too often we hold back because we think what's this person how's this person going to judge me if I react like this or if I say this what are they going to think what are they Mm -hmm. you know and we don't have control over that but we can control how we behave and how we act. And sometimes we do need to show that vulnerable side if something is like that. And, mm. you know, you had a deeper connection in that moment with that principal. Yes, you felt so heard. True. They yes. felt heard. Mm. And um, there was kind of like a coming together mm. because of that. And if you, if you didn't drop into that vulnerable state, you probably wouldn't have had the same outcome. Mm. And I think that's so important as a mom that we don't try and be perfect all the time and have our shit together because sometimes we've just got to be vulnerable and that will mm. give us the courage and the strength. And through communication as well is a lot is where a lot of the healing can really start. So mm. um, that's, that's why I love doing this podcast because we get to talk about a lot of the stuff that is not being said yes, out there. So, so, true. so true. awesome. All right. Well, talk, let's talk about philosophies in motherhood and morals and, mm. you know, traditions and things like that. Have you, do you, have a philosophy for motherhood 
um, in a, like sort of around parenting or do you have any values or morals that you love to instill in your kids? Mm. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that's, you know, comes very high in, in any expectation of, of, of being a mother. Um, you know, obviously, it's, you know, it's the basics of care and love and stuff. But as you grow older, these um, values and morals are, are just priceless mm -hmm. and as a mother you're the teacher mm -hmm. you know your your kids look at you and they copy you in everything and to feed your kids with good values um it's it's just we, we in the boarding house it's it's hilarious because I always say to them you know a tidy bed in the morning means tidy mind you feel good about yourself no one's going to get on to you for the rest of the day and some of the girls now design their bed as if it was a five-star hotel. <laughs> I love that. And they love it. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, they're known now for, you know, designing their beds. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a rule, but something as simple as that, mm -hmm. you know, um, your good manners. But the other thing is I watch when very kind mothers come in mm -hmm. and they sit there and they chat with us and the girls just come around because this mother has come with, obviously it has to be, you know, cookies or um, uh, cupcakes. And mm -hmm. That's not to become a favourite mm. by any means. It's just a feel good that they've come in mm. and the daughter's chest just explodes with pride mm. that her mum has done this off the back. Mm. You know, um, lovely cards arrive mm. um, or just a flower. And what the mum is doing there is, I care. I'm going to show you in front of the world I care. I'm going to buff you up. Um, because there are those who don't get that at all. Mm. And what it's teaching those, it's a very hard lesson, but maybe what it's teaching those, and I've, I've heard it as girls grow up, I'm going to be the best mum that I can be. Mm -hmm. That's what I choose. Um, so it's, you know, I'll never forget my son. Um, when he went to university, he was sharing with three other boys and in a beautiful apartment um, and after a few weeks he phoned me up one day and he said you know what I'm fed up with this he said they are just disgusting he said I'm the only clean one around he says I've got to clean up all their mess he says it's all your fault mum because you made me so clean <laughs> and I, I said to him I said well it's it's what you prefer would you rather be one of them he goes oh no he says some of them are disgusting and these were young teenagers you know yeah. so it's growing up with that and mm. you know you're going to get battered you're mm. going to have kids moan and groan at you but if you stick to your principle yeah. of this is how I am mm. you know um the, the generosity of spirit I think if mum has mm. a generosity of spirit yeah and there are other kids watching you all the time mm. um I see this with within the teaching um system a lot mm. you know there are lots of oh precious teachers who are always so um, endearing to the kids because they're kind. Mm. That you know they've got um, they've got that kindness of, of from the gut. Yes. And I I think I I won't say any more than that. There's masses one can say about it, but if you do as you um, as to how you like your child to to behave, then I love that you just finished on that because if you want to raise independent, empowered women then you need to be an independent, confident, empowered woman. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, so you need to behave mm. the, the way that you want your kids 
to be yes. when they're older. So yeah. um, I love that you finished with that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you tell yourself as a younger version of you, knowing what you know now about motherhood and everything, what would you tell the first-time mum? Oh, first-time mum. First of all, take deep breaths. <laughs> It's quite overwhelming, isn't it? It really mm-hmm. is. Is it's quite my my, um, my immediate reaction to that is don't go by the book. Mm-hmm. You know, um, books are written and they're great to read. I, I'm not saying there's no value in it, but don't go by the book. Mm. Um, and be prepared to learn mm-hmm. and giggle inside yourself. Um, and it's 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 no different. It's I mean I I I will share with you now. I I being in my sixties, I have a group of women and we call ourselves the power of women in our 60s now the stories i hear from other women about bringing up kids being mums you know we all talk about it Mm -hmm. today and um if we were to sort of have a group of young mums in their 20s 30s with us we would probably laugh a lot with them Mm. and think about the fun times and think about that time when you're alone when your husband has to go off to work Mm -hmm. and your baby cries and cries and cries and you're just going, oh my goodness, I wasn't taught about this. It's to relax your body mm-hmm. and to maybe giggle mm. and to just change that, you know, um, energy level mm. in your body because that little baby mm. is feeling everything about you. Yes. And, you know, if you want a good cry, hollow and bollow and just get it out of your system. Um, but also just relax and and have a look at that precious little thing and and you know go by your gut if it means that you've got to spend an extra half an hour an hour sitting in that lovely chair Mm. just watching him or her and savoring the moment and you miss an appointment oh my goodness you know you'll look back on that and just go thank goodness I made that decision or if you don't front up to something that seems to be important Mm -hmm. And you've got that precious things in your precious thing in your hand, or you've got that toddler who's just thrown a tantrum, or <laughs> that little kid who doesn't want to go to school that day. Don't. Yeah. You know, you want a happy girl to go to school. Mm. You don't want to push away a sad mm. girl. Yeah. Have that special moment and go, I'll try again tomorrow. And and I, I think that's not in the book. Mm. You know, in the book is is you know, do do what others do. Um, and there are times it won't work. Mm-hmm. So t- just take that back step and go by the gut. I love that. I love that because we're all so different and our kids are all oh, so different, yes. you know, so one method is not going to work, Absolutely. you know, often with your child. Mm. So um, I found something really handy was reading um, the love languages for kids. My you daughter's know? read that. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, that, we Precious. found that really, really helpful. So mm. our daughter, her love language is gift giving. So mm. even just a handwritten note in her lunchbox or in her sock drawer or, Gorgeous. you know, it doesn't Gorgeous. have to cost anything. But yes. She loves it and she mm. reciprocates that. She's always leaving notes. Like oh. um, her and I stayed at a hotel not long ago and she left a note for the staff member to say, this has been the best time I've ever had. Thank you so much for, you know, and she left this beautiful note. Um, and that's a seven-year-old and it, it just makes me so proud of the person yes. that she is, you know, it's just beautiful. But um, the love languages has definitely helped. Um, that's a beautiful book, that is. And it, it's not an instructional book. No, it is, it's not. It, it's, it's a practical um, gorgeous book communication connections connections mm. absolutely no I agree yeah I love it mm. so what's one thing you've nailed as a mum where you're just like yep Chris you've nailed that being a listener 
Yeah, huge. Yeah, you are a good listener. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I. I. Um. You know, we've got two ears and we've got one mouth, and so we're meant to do a lot more listening mm-hmm. than than speaking. Uh, the power of speaking is huge, but listening. I. 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 As a house mum, I listen, mm-hmm. and oh, what you hear without talking yourself, is just so deep, mm. and when you are, um, kids. I mean, I'm looking after 13, 14 year olds and a lot of them, they, they hurt mm. because someone's hurt them. Mm. And if you brush it off, that can actually become deeper. Mm. Whereas if you just listen and you smile and sometimes you just say, would you like a hug? Mm. And that then leads to a connect where they can come mm. back and talk to you anytime. You don't need to delve into it so much because when you listen, you actually fix things pretty fast. Mm. And you listen to them fix themselves because they're able to speak. Mm. And I know as a life coach, you are, you're taught to listen mm. um, because people then just want to hear the rationale of what they've done and how they're processing it and how they're thinking. So it's all just a, um, it's, it's, it's time mm. that, you know, time and listening rather than the rush. I mean, this, this world is... It's fast. Mm. Um, and I love it when I walk down the beach and I'll just see a mum with a little one digging, you know, within her legs or just mm. putting sand over. And they're just, mum's just listening. Mm. Um, and the daughter or the son is, you know, talking 100 miles an hour. And there is so much that, you know, they're investigating mm. their words and sharing. So at all different levels, um, to, to just listen mm. is, is such a biggie. It's such a powerful piece of advice because I remember growing up, my dad was the listener. No judgment. So Gorgeous. he was like my confidant. I could go to him. He would listen. He would never judge in front of me. He probably would go and judge me by my back to mum or something. I don't know. Yes, yeah. But it's so important to... You know, if your kids have messed up, if they've done something and they're processing it and they're coming to you, you know, and and they're verbally, you know, um, telling you about it, not to just react, you know, mm-hmm. listen, as you said, mm-hmm. and they will continue to tell you things, you know, and you will have that deeper connection. Um, so, yeah, I love that you that you've absolutely nailed that and that you've given that advice. It's so, so important. All right. So our last question is, what are three of your best mum hacks? So for all the mums out there, what are three things or three pieces of advice or something that's worked for you that you can pass on to our listeners? Okay. I, um, I think the first one is be yourself. Love it. Um, let your child get to know you in how mm-hmm. you are. You know, you've had many years of experience and you want to share that. You want to be your authentic self. Um, and in this world that you actually, um, you actually enjoy life mm. of um, so much better when, you're, when you know that's who you are. Those precious time that you spend as a mum mm. being yourself, just blocking out everything that's out there. I mean, the, the force that comes through the TV and, you know, it's just, just huge. But being yourself, because then you can enjoy everything else. Yes. So that's probably one. Be present. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's that's always be present. Oh, with technology today, mm-hmm. um, be present. It's it's a, and you know, just just a little tiny bit with the technology. Don't give it to your kids so early, mm. or mm-hmm. let them use it just for enjoyment. In, in the boarding house, we take it away mm. because for a lot of them, it's like you know an extra part of their 
their body that has yeah connected <laughs> and they rely on it and yes. they, be, they get in, into a bit of a panic at this age when they when mm. they don't have it but be yourself be present and also be open to opportunities yep. with your kids um you know I, i'm i'm sort of saying let them go don't be so protective mm. when we were little when my kid when my kids were little you know we lived in asia and, and my daughter and son would disappear with nothing on and just play in the mud mm-hmm. and come back with mud all over them in hysterics <laughs> i don't often see that today mm-hmm. um you know obviously today we have to protect our kids because we know an awful lot more and i'm i'm absolutely all for that but just in themselves to to go and you know be creative mm-hmm. put big pieces of white paper over the floor and you know what if you have to wash it afterwards or whatever that's fine but let them paint and create and um, schools are becoming a lot more open with mm. creativity, mm-hmm. but because I think kids are now starting, you know, a, a um, conformed schooling a lot earlier, you know, let them be mucky at home, you know, get them into the sink. I have a photograph of my one and a half year old daughter in my kitchen sink with bubbles and dishes. There's two broken ones on the floor. And she has the biggest laugh smiling away. It's, it's one of my most <laughs> precious memories. So, uh, yeah. I love that. I love that you've touched on those three things because in today's world we are losing ourselves mm-hmm. and people are not even sure who they are anymore, you know. And as a mum, we tend to lose that fun-loving girl that we used to be, you know, before we had kids. We take it the role so seriously and we you know, become half the version of what we used to be. So we don't want our listeners, if you're a mummer out there, we don't want you to lose that vibrancy, <laughs> that right. fun-loving girl. And something that I've done to really bring that inner child back is to remember what were the things that I loved to do as a child. And one of them was rollerblading. So I went and bought some rollerblades. You can't be cranky on a pair you of blades. Can't. It's can't. It's amazing. The smile on my face. I come yes. back with sore cheeks um, <laughs> and climbing trees. I've got back to climbing trees. Oh, I love... That's- Wonderful. Love getting up higher and you mm. see the world differently when, when you're at a height. So, you know, yeah. little things like that and um, open to opportunities. You know, I was on a call at home the other day and um, my son had gone out, it had started raining. He'd put his own gumboots on and he went out. He was just standing in the rain, jumping. And then um, Tom went out with him and they were racing leaves down the gutters where all the, oh, you know. that fun? And just, yes, just really simple things. Yes. Didn't cost anything, but they're like memories that we will cherish yes you know simple and we all have those opportunities throughout the day and as you said if you haven't made any magic moments through the day the day's not over you still have that chance to do it absolutely making paper boats and taking them down to a drain yeah and having paper boat races in the in the big in the big drains or playing marbles marbles yes yes hopscotch oh exactly get the chalk out yes (laughs) all of those happiness oh it is well chris this has been so refreshing and i know the listeners are absolutely going to love you but where can they find you where where are you where you've got your own website you've just written a book tell us about the book thank you thank you yes i have it's a quite a daunting thing to to um to do and then finish and and move on from there but i I love my book It's, it's been my my partner for a while and it's called power of women in our 60s and i'll tell you a little bit about that only because um, when I ended, when we said be be yourself when you're in when you're a young mum, because I meet up with I've got um, meet up groups in in the Gold Coast and up in Brisbane now, and we are a feisty, energetic group of sixty year old women. 
or 60 young women. And some of us, when we get together, we realize that we still have to make an effort mm. to meet with other women. You know, it's all very mm. easy when you're young and you've got kids and then you grow up with your family and you live with your husband or with partners. And some of the women at this stage are looking for their tribe. Mm. Um, and they're, you know, they're looking for like-minded women. And we all have the same challenges at this stage. And one of them is, is being ourselves mm. because we have been in different positions through our lives. Some of us have been CEOs, some of us have been you know, carers, some mm. of us have been secretaries, nurses, teachers with huge responsibilities. Mm. And we hit our 60s. And I remember just about hitting my 60s and I thought, my goodness, I'm not just gonna be 60, I've got 10 years of being 60. So I was on a mission to just get together with other women. I have met the most awesome women. But what I'd love your listeners to do is to go out. It is on Amazon and you can either download it or gift it mm. to your mum if she's in her 60s or, you know, people, um, other women you know because it just uplifts them to the mm. possibilities. You know, it's not a time to slow down. It's a time to rev up, to just get out there and experience <laughs> life like we haven't before. So that's, that is what I do. I'm, I'm obviously a, um, a house mum, which I absolutely love, and uh, get to meet all, all the different girls who, who all have their own stories mm. at this stage, and it's going to be interesting to follow, to follow them. And in the meantime, I, I just like to appreciate where I am, you know. So it's, uh, I'm, I've had a great life, great life, and I will continue to do so. I love that. And uh, what's your website as well? You've got a website? Yes, I, I, have a, I do have one. It's called powerofwomeninour60s.com. Um, and for young mums, I've, I've just um, relaunched my uh, the sarong dress. Oh, good. Com. Yeah, which is great for young mums. It's a bit uh, curvy and it's, mm -hmm. it shows off a figure. And uh, you modelled that for me last year. I did, was, I did. Uh, which was just a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah. I love Lots that. And what about Instagram? You're on Instagram as well? I'm on Instagram. Yep. I'm on Facebook. Are you on um, Instagram and Facebook under Chris Vidal or under the... That's either under the sarong dress or it's under Power of Women. Okay. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Christine. Well, yeah. today you've been listening to um, Christine and Christine. Yes. Um, Christine Vidal was our guest speaker today and how refreshing was that? And if you meet this woman in person, you won't believe that she's in her 60s. She looks fit as F and <laughs> she's just so vibrant and energetic and you've definitely nailed the listening and she's just such a such a good friend so um Chris thank you so much for joining us I know Absolutely. this is going to be a huge yeah, hit with everyone and what you're doing out there for women in their 60s and beyond is absolutely amazing it's so needed because a lot of them as you said do lose themselves mm. after their working careers after their kids move out and I'm finding too a lot of them uh, are not in their um relationships either so Very they're true. having to reinvent correct. themselves yes, and even some of them that were housewives their entire um time like they're having to learn new skills. They're having to go out there and meet new people. So the work that you're doing with these women and making it fun and yes, making it a, a safe environment where people can feel heard and be mm. connected is just, it's just so needed. So thank you so much. And um, congratulations on listening to all our listeners out there. If you've loved this podcast, please share it with other mamas out there. Share it with your own mom. And um, Christmas is coming up. It's not that far away. So there's a beautiful gift that you've heard from today. <laughs> so um, don't be afraid to jump on Amazon and go and check it out so 
Thanks, everyone. We'll see you on the next podcast.